You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get down to the limo. Come on. Take it down. Get 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 Movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! So what's the angle? Oh no! <laughs> Sorry, trade secret. Okay, just ask yourself, what do women really want? You take these bored housewives, married to the same guy for years, they're stuck in a rut. They need some release, <laughs> promise of adventure, a hint of danger. I create that for them. So basically, you're lying your ass off the whole time. You see, I couldn't do that. <laughs> what are you, a boy scout? No, no, no. Think of it as playing a role. It's fantasy. I mean, you got to work on their dreams. Get them out of their daily suburban grind for a few hours. And what about their husbands? <laughs> I mean, let's face it. If they took care of business, I'd be out of business. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Those idiots. <laughs> so good. Bill All the lines, though. That's the greatest part about this film. He's got all the lines. And and plus, he's got about 10 uh, looks where they told him, Arnold, we need the Terminator look. So, so what's the scoop, side team? You see your contact yet? I haven't seen him yet. But I see somebody I'd like to say hello to. Here, let me pour you some more champagne. I got to keep up the waiter bit. These stakeouts can be tricky, you know. You never know when things might explode into a life or death situation. If it gets rough, just stay low until it's over, and I'll contact you later. Maybe you should give me your tell. So, we meet again, Carlos. Honey, I'm just going to do him right here, okay? Go for it. Oh, God. Pee all over. Fear is not an option. <laughs> Oh my god. All right. Yep. Action movie rewind. True lies. Arnold. 1994 blockbuster classic. And before we do a deep dive here, just for people who might be new to the segment, we started doing action movie rewind when the pandemic hit and wiped out sports back in March. And it's just been one of our most fun Friday uh segments. And so we've kept it around even through football season, and we've gotten just great responses from you guys, the listeners. And we are now welcoming you guys to submit your suggestions for movies that we will include in the voting every single week. So you can keep up on my Twitter account with the voting over the weekend for what movie you should watch for the next week. But if you want to go back and uh, binge previous episodes of Action Movie Rewind, Mackie and Judd Fridays, just go back and you'll find like all 35 of them. True Lies, 1994. 
Here's the summary, boys. Mm-hmm. Harry Tasker leads a double life. To his wife, Helen, and his daughter, Dana, Harry is a mild-mannered computer salesman, often away on business trips. But secretly, he's a secret agent for a United States intelligence agency named Omega Sector. Harry's mission to track down nuclear missiles and a terrorist named Aziz is complicated when he realizes his neglected wife, Helen, Jamie Lee Curtis, is contemplating an affair with Simon, played by Bill Paxton, brilliantly played by yes. Bill Paxton, Yes, a used car salesman who claims he's a spy. When Aziz kidnaps Harry and Helen, a secret agent must save the world and patch up his marriage all at the same time. 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, a $100 million budget, which was a cinematic record at the time, turned into $379 million at the box office. This was directed by James Cameron, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold, Bill Paxton, Tia Carrere, and even Charlton Heston making an appearance. Right. Not long, this though. Movie. Yeah, a couple yeah. scenes for Charlton yeah, he Heston. He didn't have lots of time. So we'll start with Judd. What was your key takeaway from True Lies? Get down! Get down! It, the Arnold stuff is just so... And Cameron knows every line and, like, every, every look. And, and so he's like, we're paying so much, we're going to get you to do this ten times a time. Uh, it is, without a doubt, much more plot to it. And as you, you said, Phil, the first, the first production ever with a budget that exceeded $100 million, it is Commando with a budget. It's yeah. It's come. It's the another, same film. Another seventy million dollars. Another five months to film. We're going to an island. Another We're going to go to an island. You're going to yeah. blow up the island. <laughs> Jamie Lee's there now too because we've got lots of cash to work with. Get down. But it is Commando with a budget, and it was a writing staff with a lot of time and a lot of stars and a lot of cash, right? And so what I loved about this film was you could tell they're they're like, okay, we got Schwarzenegger. Okay, we got to do all of the. Arnold stuff. Okay. But hold on a second here. We get Jamie Lee Curtis, bankable box office star, right? Hold on a second here. We've got to come up with a storyline basically specifically for her that has to be woven into the yeah. Schwarzenegger line. So, so, and, and by the way, we are going two hours plus. Okay. So, but, but wait, we're not done yet. Bill, Bill Paxton's going to play a funny, uh, not major, but a funny role, and he's a star as well, okay? So we got to have a Bill Pat. What are we going to write for Bill here? Um, and then the best part is, then the best part is they're not done. They're like, and we have this young this young uh, girl who's going to play his daughter, but she's good too. And remember in, com- uh, in Commando, we had this same thing. So we got to write a storyline for her as well. Um, <laughs> they all need so they basically wrote everyone a storyline. Her story arc came at the very end when yeah. they had, they already had like two hours and ten minutes yes. of the movie, and they're like, "Oh, we need one more arc." <laughs> they they yeah. did. One they, more arc. They did. So my so my <laughs> takeaway is it literally is Commando with a massive budget. This movie could have ended three times. Like it could have totally ended. Did. It, it could have ended on the island. But weren't you amused? And then Jamie Lee Curtis gets kidnapped. And then it could have ended on the bridge. The bridge. That's where I thought it was going to end. And then the daughter gets kidnapped. That's where I thought it was going to end. <laughs> but I mean, but it's the same. But I mean, it's just like his kid who gets kidnapped. But I was, I was actually instead of being mad, I was amused mm. because they just kept going. Yeah. And they're like, okay, no, it can't be done yet. No, no, it's still not done yeah. yet. So, Dex, what was what was your main takeaway from I, this movie? Judd kind of stole all of my thunder there. I mean, there's so, 
so much going on in this film. <laughs> too much, honestly. You're right. Too much is going on in this film. There's a lot. Um, <laughs> you, you, like you start this exquisite like break into this mansion. I'm like, okay, cool. Also, like you have a torch underneath water. He breaks in like that. I don't think that's how torches work, but I'm not going to try it. Whatever. It's it's action movies. It's ridiculous and over the top. So like, okay. And then you know he's going through the house. He's trying to get the dad. And he's got his two buddies in a in a van above the river or above the above the house. Like he's greeting all these luminaries. Yeah. Like good to see you again. Yes. And then the guy turns around. Who the hell was that? Which by the way is cool. <laughs> yeah. And like at that point in time, I I thought, oh, this is the film. Hold Woo. hold this for a second. He's wooing Juno Skinner, who I was a big fan of throughout this entire film. By the way, I, I think she might be one of my favorite one of my more favorite characters. I really liked her. Is that Tia well, Carrera? Tia Carrera. Yeah. Okay. Her name's Juno Ju- uh, Juno Skinner in the movie. Juno is her name. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's just way, <laughs> way too much going on. And I thought it was going to end like four different times and it kept on going. It, it's, it was, it was classic Arnold. Like there's some, cla- there's some just great classic Arnold, ridiculous over the top lines and kill scenes for that matter. But just way too much going on, I think is my key takeaway right. before I so, everything. All right, so my, my key takeaway, and we'll get into our favorite parts and these favorite parts, et cetera, but my key takeaway from this movie, the good and the bad, is that for all of its bells and whistles and stars, when I think back to 90s action movies, like the 80s had their own feel. It was very much the Beverly Hills cop, lethal weapon, diehard kind of a feel. Don right? Johnson sort of, right? Big, Miami sort of, Vice sort of. Yep, yep. I got you. And then the 90s had, I, I'm trying to describe it, like the 90s had, it was a little bit more of like a terrorist, even though Die Hard had terrorists, it was like terrorists are taking over a plane. Terror. It was like they took the Die Hard formula and just said, what Like, what are some things that terror, we're, we're scared of terrorists. What are some things that terrorists can take over? <laughs> The Rock, they take over Alcatraz. Air Force One, they take over the president's plane. Like, there's all these different iterations. I think my key takeaway, though, is that this movie is in the running for biggest blockbuster action movie of the 90s. When I think back to the 90s, I'm thinking, like, what are the best action movies, biggest, most grandiose? I think Armageddon, Mm -hmm. which we haven't even done on this yet. We should throw that out at some point. That's another long one, right? It's over two hours, yeah. I think True Lies. I think The Rock. And there's a few other Independence ones. Independence Day. Independence yep. Day. Yep. That's a good one. So it's it's in that it's yeah. in that mold for me. And watching it back for the first time in like ten years, um, it was everything I remembered it to be. It definitely was. This broke ground too, right? It was the like most expensive time, movie right. of all time. It's, it's and I have I have a list Cameron. of like all those we'll so get to. It probably yeah. broke ground as yeah. far as that goes. Uh, so let's get and we'll get to the James Cameron stuff too because I have a whole bunch of notes on James. James Cameron's only done like ten movies, yeah, ever. He hasn't done amazing, but he loves Arnold. Arnold. He does. Favorite part of this movie, Judd? This is not hard. Um, it's cliche, but it's great. The the to go back to it, Commando Arnold stuff, like Arnold destroying an island is just so much fun to watch. Like that that it, it yeah. was just, and I know. We have seen it before. It's nothing new. Um, but that, and the Bill Paxton stuff is great, too, because he's such a great slime ball. Um, but just, I love it when when Arnold goes back to an island and blows things up. And, you know, he's got, like, a, a gun. And guys have machine guns, and yet he kills them all. It's just fantastic. So, I would say that the fact that they didn't try to deviate from the Arnold recipe that works so well is my favorite part. Because, again, I get it's cliched, and probably some find it boring. I find it to be very charming. I'll I'll piggyback there. uh, I'll I'll add to your favorite thing because I have a different thing. But 
Um, I think Harry Arnold. I'm going to call him Harry for the rest of this because I love I love that his name is Harry. <laughs> he's just like he's just a sales guy named Harry. I'm on the horse. Yeah, he's riding a horse through. That's one of the. He, I Didn't would say like he's one of the most well-rounded action stars that we've seen. In that he can tango. He's smooth with the ladies. He speaks multiple languages. He's physically agile. He can ride horses through malls and elevators, which seemed a little bit inefficient. I think at at some point when you're done chasing the motorcycle on a horse and now you're into like a shopping mall. Yes. I don't know. Like getting into an elevator with a horse seems inefficient Do to you, me. But. So, so that's an exterior um, thing too, right? How on earth would the... The horse, which weighs how much? A couple thousand pounds. Okay. Uh-huh. For growing up with a horse. You're, tell, you're telling me, sorry, Declan, yeah. you're telling me that you could have ridden up to the top of that hotel with a couple thousand pound horse and that it could carry it. The elevator is going to The elevator would break. Down. Yeah, it'd be tough. It Especially would, with yeah. the other two it people in it. It simply wouldn't work. Yeah, three people in a horse. That was my favorite thing is that. Let's go to the top. Oh, just... Yeah. Also, like his creativity with the kills. You know, when he's yeah. on the island and uh-huh. he tells he's he's on that truth serum that's got a moozy, and he tells <laughs> that's the, another great line. He tells the surgeon guy I'm, who's really creepy. I'm going to snap your neck and use you as a human you, body shield. That? Right. Hang into that. And then when he gets out, he's he picks up a couple of Uzis. And my favorite kill scene is when he walks out and he like runs out in slow motion with the Uzis. And and he's got terrorists on both sides as he walks out of the shed. Yes. And instead of like aiming out outwardly with your arms, he crosses his arms with the Uzis yeah. for some reason. Is it more accurate that way when you're fighting terrorists with two Uzis? It just looks cooler. It, it looks, looks way cool. yeah. it looks way cooler. It, <laughs> they said this looks really really cool. Get Arnold. down! Get down! He's also a great communicator and leader too. You know, he's taking charge. Yeah, Jamie he's directing Lee. Traffic. He helped her. He's cool under pressure. Yeah. So. All right, Declan, your favorite thing about True Lies? I think all just the side characters. For So Tom Arnold is oh, man. phenomenal. I want to talk film. about this at if, some point. No, let's talk right now. Yeah, if, if Tom Arnold's character and role is not in this film, I probably seriously hate this movie. Like, he, he, he saves a, it for me. Saves it? He saves this movie for wow. me. Wow. I'll, I'll get to my ranking of it, but, like, he makes this movie work for me. Oh. W- without a doubt. See, I feel like he's great in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I think Bill Paxton's great in this movie. Yeah. I think Arnold is All classic right. Arnold in this and, movie. And, and I just think the side characters in general in this film, like Tia and, and even even his daughter, too. Like I, I think all the side characters are the things that kind of bring it back in for me, and that, that's what I really like about it. All right. So Paxton is great. Like I agree yeah. completely. That's a great he, – he, he's a, a star at that point, and he plays a role that was a good role, but certainly not huge. But I've got one question about – Tom Arnold in particular. What got him so big? And like now in retrospect, was he really that funny? Like if I'm casting that film. He was a stand-up guy, right? Yeah. yeah. But if I'm casting that film, I would have gotten somebody to play that role with that budget who would have been a bigger star. I thought he was perfect for that role. And And he did fine, but I just kept thinking to myself, is this the same guy from Best Damn Sports Show, period? That's right. I forgot he was on the Roseanne's show. ex-husband? Right. Yeah. Helen is having an affair. Welcome to the club, man. <laughs> Nobody Helen. thinks it can happen to them the first time, buddy. <laughs> Same exact thing happened to me with wife number two. Remember? I had no idea nothing's going on, right? I come home one day, and the house is completely empty. And I mean completely empty. She even took the ice cube trays out of the freezer. 
What kind of a sick <laughs> takes the ice cube tray <laughs> out of the freezer? That's good. Helen. Hey, Harry. Hey, listen, Helen still loves you. You know, she just wants to bang this guy for a while, you know? It's nothing serious. You'll get used to it soon. Stop cheering me up! I mean, that's, just, that's pretty good, it's, yeah. It's, it's he's great. great. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you'd have to float me a couple of, like, potential replacements for me to put my head around it. You know, are you talking about, like, like who else in the 90s? Like, Dave Coulier oh, jumping see. in or something? Like, who God. else would you have envisioned on the comedic You know scene? who you could have got, gotten oh. if he hadn't been in a ton of films by that point? Chris Rock? I was going to say Pesci. Because that, that's sort of the Pesci role from... Lethal Weapon Three. It is the Pesci role, but, but it, he wouldn't have been that that great. He had already, already played that role, right? In that's what I'm saying. Weapon. He had played that role out. Yeah. What about Kevin Nealon? Could he have done it? Because he like oh, he I, done I, think it. The, I think I'm thinking of the era. He was also in a huge 1994 movie. Yeah, I think Happy Gilmore came out. Yeah. Actually, Happy how about Gilmore. this one, boys? At the time, Dana Carvey. He's goofy. He also starred in a movie with Tia Carrere, Wayne's World. Wayne's, Wayne's World. World. Yeah, she was. A bad guy in that too, right? Yeah, she basically played the same character. <laughs> she did, right? You know what? You're right. You're right. That's not. I, I remember. You're right. Um, Mike okay. Myers. I can't envision I him. Can't no, do I'm it. kidding. No, no. Carvey could have played that role. Carvey could have right. done it. My favorite thing in this movie was the fact that we find out when when Jamie Lee Curtis, when Helen's asking Harry, so how long have you been a spy? Like she's finding out that. Her husband, who comes home late from work all the time, and he's just gone, and, like, she tries to call him, and there's always a secretary that has to patch her through because he's in these important meetings, that he's been a spy for 17 years. And my favorite part of this movie is just trying to wrap my head around how you would possibly keep that secret from your wife and daughter for 17 years. So, uh, like, Tom Arnold answering the phone when he's chasing motorcycle terrorist guy through a mall on a horse and it's his daughter's birthday. And like Tom Arnold answers the phone. He's like, Oh yeah, Harry forgot something at the office. You know, you know how Harry operates. He doesn't come back for like five hours. Like and you're, it's just that stuff probably happened all the time. Or, Oh my God, I, I they didn't worry I, I about have it. To go, I have to go to Yemen and like kill a terrorist the for writing, a weekend. They didn't worry about it. How would you explain away all the they, times they that you would care. have to go to a different country though? They literally don't care how you come to the conclusion that they did it. That's what I'm saying. The budget was so big that they just kept writing, and they gave. They basically at some point in time said, bleep it. We're not going to give any thought. We're just going to write these parts. Did you like when he comes home? You're so, right. So he goes on that chase, and he comes home, and, and Helen's just sitting by the birthday cake, and the daughter is sleeping, and Harry knows, like, oh, my God, I'm in deep trouble. And the next day he goes to her work, but he walks up behind her, and she's just sitting in a dark kitchen, and he puts his hands on her shoulders, kisses her on the cheek, and goes, "Hi, honey, are you upset? <laughs> are you upset?" <laughs> and she's never that upset. She's like, "Oh, she's just seething inside." She's annoyed, yeah. and but the answer to your question is, I think early on in the process, they bailed on explaining things. They're just like, "It makes no sense." That's <laughs> fine. Got seven, we got so much years. money. We're gonna she, blow a bridge out. Classic Cameron. The bridge is out. The bridge is she, And the other conclusion off of that, too, is that she, you know, my, my question is, how do you keep this secret for 17 years? And the answer is, your wife is an idiot. Yes. <laughs> right? 1,000%. Well, I mean, how do you not know? How do you not know? How that do he, they? You at least think that he was cheating on you, I would think. Oh, of course. Fine. Right? How Fine. do they pay off? So so early in the film, when Arnold brings, or when, when Tom Arnold's character brings in the glasses to 
Harry that can see what's going on in a different yeah, room. And he sees his daughter take something from, I think, the breast pocket of his jacket. I think it was money. money. Yeah, it was like money. A 20 or something. Like, is there a payoff for that whole right. scene? Like, it's sort of like they forgot. Like, at the end, I thought that they would tie it back in when he saves his daughter. Yeah. But, like, did I miss it? Or is there? Or uh, did they just sort of, like, show you that and then forget? That was it. I forgot we wrote that. I don't think they tied it back. But I think the, the, the point of that and some of the other interactions early on were to show that Harry's not exactly the most hands-on greatest dad. Okay. That... She doesn't really respect him that much, so she's just like so stealing to, money okay. from him. I thought it was going to come back to something. No, I don't, at some I don't, point in the movie, I don't think later on in the movie. Okay, all right. Your least favorite thing about True Lies, Judd? Uh, so it, it goes back to the script itself, and and it's very. This is going to be very Maconian of me because it's a very much a Phil thing. And ordinarily, I don't care, okay? But, like, this is such a huge gap in the whole thing. And it's so clearly to get everybody as much screen time as possible. So I'm supposed to believe that Harry and his partners are chasing terrorists who are trying to bring down the White House in Washington and ultimately our country, Okay. But then I'm supposed to believe that all of those important people are going to pivot to running to too. running surveillance on Harry's <laughs> mm-hmm. wife, at which point in time the terrorists are gone from the script. Like yeah. there's no I'm trying to do two things. It's basically, Harry, we can't do this. We no, lo- we're going we, to. We lost a terrorist in a mall and at a hotel very but, publicly. And then we're going to forget about it. And that terrorist also like shot up a bathroom, a yes. very public bathroom. Yes. That guy got away. But now we need to pivot and, to focus on Harry's marriage. And Jamie yes. Lee Curtis is being followed by a helicopter. Okay, okay. So yeah. so that's part two. Like, th- this film is very, very simply broken down into at least, if not three, four, or four parts. Okay. Then I'm supposed to believe that at the end, we're going to pivot back to pursuing the terrorists. Only now, Jamie Lee Curtis's character is involved and then my other my other favorite part is it's very clear that they approached and I don't blame them one bit Charlton Heston to play a role as the boss right yep. but Heston must have said I'm old, I'm rich, I'll do it, and I'll do it for a half hour, okay? Yeah, you got 30 minutes to film with me. Yeah. So, so the one, boss, day, one wardrobe yeah, change, yeah. So the boss disappears entirely, <laughs> and by the end, they're serving no boss. Anyway, like, like ordinarily, Phil gets more distraught about this stuff than I do. But in this case, it was just like they said, we've got a budget, we've got bankable stars, we do not care if the audience can follow along or not. Yeah, I. so this is exactly my least favorite thing about the movie, verbatim. I, I'll just read you what I wrote down here in my notes. <laughs> Would the government really devote resources, helicopters, and top spies to figure out if a guy's wife is cheating yes, on him dude. or not? So it... <laughs> And then my other question is when when they're the iconic Jamie Lee Curtis dance scene in yeah. the hotel room where Arnold is sitting in the shadows oh, using God. a tape recorder yes. with someone else's voice and getting her to dance and then he goes and he kisses her which is weird that he wouldn't think okay so she thinks I'm trying to like do something terrible to her right now I should maybe speak so she knows that it's me before I kiss her so he kisses her she hits him on the head with the phone and it's like dude what my question is why, why, like, what were the terrorists doing breaking into the hotel room? What was their, did they feel like they needed to capture those two to c- complete their mission? Like, weren't they just stealing nuclear warheads? Why did they even need to go back to Arnold in the first place? And Did it make, I don't know. 
I I actually don't like. You're maybe, asking a question. I I hundred percent can't answer. So it's like they tried. They had this terrorists have nuclear warheads and they're gonna and they're gonna blow up major cities side yeah. of the plot, and then they had the Harry and Helen's marriage is on the rocks because Harry hasn't told her that he's a spy. Right. And they tried to merge those two plots together, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense. And, and I don't care. And, and by and by the, by the time the terrorists came back. I had almost forgotten about him. Right. Oh, that's right. I'm There's like, terrorists in this movie. I'm yes. like, who are they? Oh, that's right. That's the bad guys again from part one. Why are they here? Yes. It doesn't make sense. I have no idea. We're all in unison because I literally wrote down, not, uh, I really wrote, I wrote down, this seems like a ridiculous abuse of power to prove that your ex-wife isn't cheating. <laughs> and then you get him in the, you get him in the, inter- or she's in the interrogation room behind the two-sided yeah. glass, right? And my question is, they've got their voices disguised, but you can't disguise your accent. Right, I don't. Yes, I don't. So wouldn't she be able idea. to pick up on yes. even though his voice? And how is altered? long is that scene? Way too long. That scene long. with her, I don't need that. Like I could have cut that scene almost entirely out. It's pretty long. Um, my God, but I, they, they milked it for how long? A long time. Ten minutes. Pretty long time. Eight minutes. Ten minutes. I just yeah. didn't understand the ridiculous abuse of power to prove your ex-wife isn't cheating. Where the terrorist group really just falls into this movie, I don't really understand like, the timeline that. of it. It's a great point. And I, I don't know why, but I was honestly really uncomfortable with the Jamie Lee Curtis like provocative dance scene. I don't like. I know Jamie Lee Curtis. I think of Jamie Lee Curtis. Maybe this is like just my age talking, but like as like that movie TV mom. Yeah, she is. She totally. So is. then when she's like acting like a sex symbol, like I didn't really know how to comprehend it, and it was kind of weirding weird. me out. She's like kind of kind of hot, but and, like, I don't know, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. And, and, yeah. and when he's like finally kissing her on the bed before he, she smacks him on with the phone, I'm sorry, wouldn't also you kind of know if your eyes were closed? You could tell if it was your husband yes. kissing you. Yes, I agree completely. Like you'd be yeah, able to they, tell. I would hope so, yeah. yeah. Right? So like I think in general. And like the smell, right? The wouldn't smell, like, the, the touch, the, you would be able to figure out. I don't know. Harry's gone on a lot of business trips, it's, though. It's true. They did not They did not give a damn about all of the things that we just said. If I was blindfolded. <laughs> they did not care. And every woman I've ever kissed kissed me. I think I could pick them out. Really? I think I could pick them out. Well, can we get That's actually, range? yeah. Can we do this on the show? That's a bold take. I think I could pick them yeah, out. That is bold. <laughs> wow. I would say yes on the wife part. I don't know about the other part. I but think you could figure it out. This should, this, this should be a game we play for the Scorn of the YouTube channel with Declan. Blind, blindfolded can find, exes. Can we find the exes? <laughs> yes. Can we unearth them? Yes. Um, okay. All right. The, your least believable thing in True Lies, Judd. Oh. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> right. Um, you got to pick one. Uh, okay. <laughs> Since I picked on, on the script a lot so far, let me pick on the actual the fact that it was that despite the budget, it was 1994, and the special effects aren't near where mm-hmm. they are now. The scene on the bridge with the helicopter and Arnold hanging upside down off the leg of the chop the chopper the chopper the chopper and Jamie Lee Curtis um, trying to hang out of the sunroof of the car. And it's just very clear that they're basically like on a sound stage or something. Oh, I thought you were going to. You're saying like the believability. I'm of the saying set. The, I'm saying the believability of of the set on the bridge that blew out. I would have gone with the mm. believability of like the actual thing that they were trying to do. Which oh, is that like pull too. Her out of the sun that too. Us. But what I'm saying is, if you did that now, because of the time that's passed and special effects have improved quite a bit since then, uh, it would look probably plausible. Like if you go back and watch that scene now. 
Um, the whole thing, you're just like, okay, this is very cute, but it's not close to being. It's also the longest realistic. bridge ever. Like, yeah. yes, yes, it is. And I did. Did they? Did they really shoot on a bridge? Did they have like a scene? I I'm curious how they did that. Here's the other question I would have. In but that anyway, moment. it wasn't believable. Was she unable to get? So the the driver is dead. Yeah, he's he got, accidentally got shot, but his foot is still lodged against the gas pedal. He's yes. a big guy. So bullet goes through the glass or whatever. Yes. Is she unable to get through the window, you know, separating the driver from the back of the limo? Because if you've got two choices in that spot and your life is dependent on you making one of these choices and doing it correctly. Yes. You can either climb out the sunroof of a car moving, let's say, 40, 50, 60 miles an hour. Grab one arm onto your husband who's hanging from a helicopter. Yeah, who's going to fall. And then don't fall once he grabs you. Yep. Or you can find your way by breaking the glass to the front of the vehicle, pull the dead body off the gas pedal, and just have the car stop. Would your foot, if you got shot, would your foot stay on the gas pedal or would it just come off naturally? Because you wouldn't have the muscle control in your right foot to stay on the no, gas I, pedal, I, right? I think, I think with the dead weight on that gas pedal, it would stay so you'd fall that. forward yeah. onto it? I mean, it? It, would be like, it would be a coincidence of him falling forward onto that gas pedal, but I think if it's on there, okay. it's on there at dead yeah, weight. Yeah, like your leg goes limp probably. Yeah, yeah I would it think it would like— on the gas pedal. Probably does, you're probably not going 70. I was going to say, I think you'd slow down a lot. That's just my guess. But anyway, that that to me You're saying that that scene doesn't well, hold quite I as much power. Honest too. You're saying that scene doesn't hold quite as much power if the car is moving six miles an hour. Well and Oh how, my god And how's his kid and how is his kid then hanging onto the crane in the next scene? Like none of it oh, it was just look, uh it, it was great fun, okay? Least believable thing I think that's that's pretty good. I, I think mine's fairly obvious. The scene at the end where he kills like three birds with one stone, literally, where he's got the, the the remaining terrorists are in two spots. One guy is climbing on the plane trying to get him, and the others are in a helicopter on the other side of a building that's being constructed. And he once this once the one guy gets like hooked on the rocket, he shoots the guy on the rocket through the building. Into the helicopter of terrorists and kills all of them. Yeah. It is one of the great, most efficient scoring scenes in an action movie that we've reviewed. It's also the least believable thing in this movie. Yeah. So. It's when he gets into the fighter jet when he's on the after the blown up the bridge. <laughs> and he can just somehow fly it. And then also everyone, like you would have permanent ear, everyone would have had permanent ear damage trying to listen to that thing take off five feet in front of you. <laughs> one thousand percent. Amazing. Some great, by the way, some great action scenes. We've gone over like most of them here, but you've got like five pillar action scenes in this movie that are all just huge budget. You've got that opening scene in Switzerland where he's running down the snowy mountain after the explosion. That's one of my favorites. I, I enjoyed that scene. Terrorist skiers and snowmobiles. They got on those snowmobiles pretty fast after they mm-hmm. found out that it was uh, it was Harry uh, the spy. Harry on a horse. You had Harry escaping terrorist island. The bridge is out scene, and then the the rocket scene so, at the end. So when in the uh, bridge being out scene, let me get this straight. Okay. So the <laughs> nuclear weapon actually does get launched, and Harry is kissing his wife as it goes off. So a nuclear goes off in the water, I think. Yes, yeah. yes. But he puts his hand o- over his eye because that's simply going to because they they said don't look because it's going to hurt your eyes. Permanent uh, do permanent damage. My yeah. point being is he's kissing his wife and covering his hand on his one side of his head for his eye as the nuclear weapon detonates, like as as if that 
And that's just it. Like a nuclear weapon just gonna, detonated. It's, it's not going to cause any It's issues. not going to cause any, yeah. you know, it's off the coast, okay? It's absolutely fine. Don't worry. It's about a half mile out. It's fine. Everything's but fine. I love how he just sort of covers his eye like I would yeah, your on a not, sunny day. Your kid's not going to grow a fourth, le- a third leg out of his ear. Like, don't worry. It's just fantastic. Um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention, uh, underrated, sneaky, good, sort of set the scene thing when they were on Terrorist Island and they're recording this. Uh, it was it was basically one like one of those videos you would see from um, what's the terrorist group uh, from like ISIS where they get on it's like grainy camera footage yep right and this guy is like giving his speech to America and you see the low battery sign on the camcorder yes I thought that was a great scene just showing like how nervous everyone is around this Aziz they didn't like him they should I don't know why they didn't kill that, why didn't they kill that guy he, he was hard to work for he was he was very he demanding. was very he was very, very hard tib- to very work tibs for like very tibs like um, <laughs> camera. Other things here, just things from scrounging around the internet. So James Cameron, only sixty six years old. Mm-hmm. James Cameron, if he and he, oh, he had, really, so he's directed Terminator, Aliens, Titanic, Avatar, True Lies. The last movie he directed was Avatar in two thousand nine. So he has directed nothing after the age of fifty five. One of the one of the most iconic directors of our lifetimes. James Cameron has also been married five times in his life. Mm-hmm. So if there's any director that can maybe shed some light on marriage consternation, as we saw in this movie, it might be James Cameron. He'll work more. But his current marriage after the first four failures is 20 years in now. He got married for the fifth time in 2000, and according to the Internet, they're still married. So he figured something out on his his fifth marriage. The other thing uh, from looking up various James Cameron facts, he likes to use a lot of the same actors in his movies. Bill Paxton has appeared in five James Cameron movies in his career. Which ones? Do you have them? You know, I don't. I have the window closed. I, but I think he was in. Uh, I think he was in Aliens and Terminator. Yes. And is I, he in Titanic? He was in Titanic. So he was in Titanic I've as part of the, the beginning. What? I will never see Titanic. I, it's a, all right. I will say. Don't tell him what happens. I, yeah. Yeah. I I know what happens. I think I it's know. the single most overrated film yeah, of all time. I'll never see it. Wow. Number one, without a doubt, the most overrated film of all time. Wow. However, I can't believe you haven't seen it. No, I purposely didn't see it. That's fine. I mean, I was like yeah. four when it came out. Yeah, but like, I, I not the, bo- the boat sinks, Judd. Uh, I actually have seen more of the original black and white one than I have of the popular one directed by James so Bill, Cameron. Bill Paxton's anyway. character in Titanic, he was at the very beginning and the end. He was one of the guys that was like doing the, he was leading the deep dive charge to go oh, find right, Titanic. Right. Yeah. And he was talking to Rose as an old woman. That's right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Wow. You haven't seen Titanic? Never seen Titanic. I feel like we should review Titanic. No, on I'm, not, I'm not watching Titanic. I, I quit It's way too show. long. I quit. <laughs> I'll quit the show. I quit the show. No, I, I don't want to watch anything that long that's got, no. All right. Um, I like the actors and actresses. I just don't want to watch it. Yeah. True Lies was the first film with a production budget of over $100 yeah, million. Dollars. You can tell. It was filmed over a seven-month <laughs> schedule, okay? I have for you guys a timeline of the most expensive films of all time, like when that lead changed nice. hands okay. all throughout time. Love it. You want me to go through this? Yeah. yeah. All right. I like this. So, again, this is like the first most expensive movie was this, and then the next one was five years later. Yeah. So the early on in the 1920s, you had a bunch of – the first time movies cost over a million dollars was in the 20s. You had – uh, Foolish Wives, when Knighthood was in flower, and the Ten Commandments cost $1.5 million in 1923. Ben-Hur, mm-hmm. 
Four million dollar budget in 1925. Whoa! How about that? That's Four pretty, million? That's, that's pretty nuts. Yep. Whew. And then slightly edging it. 14 years later, the lead didn't change hands until 1939. Gone with the wind. Yeah, gone okay. with the wind was a biggie. A I'm lot gonna, of. I'm going to skip some of the. That was a 4.25 million dollar budget. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead here a little bit. There was a remake of the Ten Commandments in 1956 that was a 13 million dollar budget. That was Heston, right? Yes. I think so. Yes. Then there was a remake of Ben Hur in 1959 that was a $15 million budget. No new ideas in Hollywood. Skipping a few here. Cleopatra, 1963, was the first $30 million film. Towering Inferno has to sneak in there in the 70s, right? It did not break a record. Really? Superman in 1978 was the next record setter at $55 million for a budget. Christopher Reeve. Then Then we wait 10 more years to break that record. Rambo three sixty oh, wow. million dollar budget. Really? Yep. Same. Wait, by the Rambo way, Rambo cost that much. Rambo three because they had already built up all this equity with the first two Rambo movies. Yeah. And they it was just kind of guaranteed that they were going to put butts in the seats. But that one in nineteen eighty eight was tied at it was a fifty eight million dollar budget with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, great movie. Really? <laughs> I would not have expected either of those that. two to have cost that much. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was the most expensive movie of all time when it came out. Wow. Then in 1990, we had our first, uh, let's see here, we had uh, Total Recall and Die Hard 2 were both in the $60 million range. <laughs> we saw Die Hard 2. That would definitely cost a lot of money yep. to make. 1991, Terminator 2 was the first $90 million movie. T2, yeah. Love and T2. then True Lies was the first $100 million movie in 1994. Okay. The lead has changed hands, it looks like, about 10 more times since 1994. I'll just fly through these. Okay. Waterworld. $172 million, Mel Cost- Gibson. Costner, right? I haven't even heard of it. Titanic, $200 million. King Kong, $207 million, along with X-Men and Spider-Man Returns and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, all up over $200 million. Then you had Spider-Man 3 and another Pirates of the Caribbean at two fifty and $300 million. And then in 2011, this is the most expensive movie ever made. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides was a $378 million movie. Never seen it. Well, I don't like pirates. I don't do pirates. I, they don't Never me. seen it. Never. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of, well, I suppose when you have $100 million to spend in 1994, it's like, all right, let's get five great actors and <laughs> see here we can go. And um, write them all big storylines. Yeah. We'll give, them, we'll give them each their own plot, basically. Also worth noting, this movie came out in 1994. Here's a list of the... Highest grossing movies in 1994. This is a great year for not necessarily like Academy Award movies, but just like pop culture movies. Yes. The Lion King was the number one grossing worldwide uh, movie, $763 million. Didn't see it. Oh, come on. Have you not? Well, that doesn't surprise me. He doesn't have any kids, and he doesn't no, like go, he doesn't no, like youthful things in general. I'm not surprised. Wow, Titanic that... and Lion King. God, it's amazing. And E.T. I've never seen it. I think you would enjoy E.T. more than the yeah, other you ones. you would enjoy E.T. I was in eighth grade, didn't have uh, kind of creepy. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want to comment more. Forrest Gump was the second highest grossing movie. Seen it. Great movie. Yep. Almost $700 million. Mm-hmm. Too True, long, but mm-hmm. True, too long. True Lies was the third highest grossing movie. Yep. The Mask with Jim Carrey grossed $350 million. Love yep. that movie. Never saw it. Wow. You, did you miss out on Jim Carrey's 90s run? Ace Ventura, The Mask? Yeah, basically. Jeez. Dude. Yeah, I took the 90s off. Speed. I was drinking. Speed was the fifth highest grossing movie. Oh, now you're talking. Great movie. Now you're now you're talking. Then I'll just fly. All of these made between two hundred and three hundred million dollars. The Flintstones, Dumb and Dumber, 
Great movie. Four Weddings and a Funeral. That was good. Interview with the Vampire. Didn't see it. And Clear and Present Danger action movie. We should put that one on the list at some point, too, with Harrison Ford. I think I've seen that one. I don't, I don't remember now. So so a lot of just big-time blockbusters. Where's Point Break? Was that 1994? No, I was kidding. Uh, it was 1991. Okay. So, yeah. I, so. Feel, I feel like the 90s might be the last great decade for films. Well, did you see the latest? Was it Warner like, Brothers that announced that they're go. like all yeah. of the next big movies? HBO Max. The, is HBO Max. Yeah. They're not even going to go to. Well, they're going to be in theaters for like five minutes. Basically, yeah, movie theaters are pissed about it. Yeah. Well, are they dead? They're, theaters. I, I'm really scared. Dude, I love movie Me theaters too, so much. Me too. Lots of people do. I just I, with with what's going on now and prices and stuff. I just I'm curious. I hope not, but it might just be at this point, especially in the last year, like it's yeah. more economically efficient. These some of these movies have to get out. There's been a Bond movie in the can for like two years. Really? And it's like yeah. they don't want to release it to half empty theaters because they probably spent $150-200 million on producing that movie. Mm-hmm. So um all right. Definitive bet you guys have anything else? I think we covered pretty much everything there. No, I think we're good. I okay. think uh, get the job up. Uh being in that being in that Elevator with that horse would be my nightmare. Just want, I, I but the elevator, the elevator would shut yeah, down. An animal there. Yeah. That's the thing is, there's no way I'd be cowering that, that, that could go. Would shut I down would too. pull a Bill Paxton and, and piss myself. <laughs> Just run out. I'd urinate my. Just you, run out. What are you most afraid would happen in the elevator with the that horse? That thing would kick me into the oblivion. Oh, the horse would crush or, you, or bite me, or do something horrible. I don't know. I don't like them. They, 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 they don't, they don't me, go dude. out of their way to bite. If you stand in front of them and don't mess with them, you're fine. <sighs> Halfway up, it, they, it would kick them, and he would tumble through the glass to like his they, plummet to his death. They can smell fear, and they will yeah. smell the fear out of <laughs> me. Man. They're, they're not lions, dude. They're not. I, oh, I'm gonna eat. My, my horse would eat you. <laughs> That horse would eat your head like Dude, right ho- off. Horses, by the way, are vegetarians. They eat grass, hay, and grains. So well, I don't have a lot of and meat on me. So and Declan's. I think they kill me. And Declan's. They enjoy a... Oh, and, and, and the poor guy uh, trying to take a dump while that shooting yeah. was going on in the bathroom. <laughs> right. That was also pretty great. I thought he got okay. shot at first, but he, he was in the stalls on the other side. Dude, yeah. he, he showed great poise. He did. Great poise. I get a little nervous whenever... The do- if I'm in an empty bathroom and like one person walks in, I'm like, God dang it. <laughs> do you think that, that they just... Basically, on that film, started to say, you know what we don't have? A shootout scene in the bathroom. bathroom. Let's <laughs> yeah. find one. Yeah. Let's get it. Let's get you it. You know what we there. don't have? A bridge blowing up. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's go get it. Let's go get it. All right. Definitive bad guy rankings. Uh, we need to figure this out. Are we? Is it terrorist Aziz or is it Juno Skinner or both? I think it's both. I think you loop them in as both. Yeah. So terrorist Aziz and Juno Skinner. It's not going to be a high Juno's. ranking. You could terrorize me. I'd be You'd want Juno to terrorize you? Yeah, I'd be okay with it. Chia Carrera doesn't do that much for me. I, oh. I'm not going to give this one the high of uh, grade. I think it's near the bottom. All right, so our, our, here's our rankings to this point. The the top bad guys we have rated are Hans Gruber from Die Hard, number one. Michael Myers from Halloween. We deviated to a, a scary movie. Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Brad Wesley from Roadhouse. And Cobra Kai from Karate Kid are the top five. Middle of the pack, like right in the middle of the pack, just to give you guys kind of a, a range here. We've got... Colonel Stewart from Die Hard 2 and General Esperanza, so that tandem. That might be the tandem we're kind of looking at here. Hertz from Shoot 'em Up, Lord Humongous from Mad Max 2, Molaram from Indiana Jones, and the Albanian Traffickers from Taken. My gut instinct says it's kind of in that similar, it's like a terrorist pairing that's not really stealing much of the spotlight from uh, Die Hard 2. I'm putting them in that range. I feel like they're below the Albanian people. Yeah, I'd I'd put them very low. Like, I I don't think... They they were there to serve a purpose for special effects. Mm -hmm. 
So if we went toward the bottom here, let's see here. The bottom bottom is the incompetent Russian military from Rambo 3, the muggers from Death Wish, the French drug lord from Bad Boys, yeah. Gans and Billy Bear from 48 Hours. A little bit further up, what about like Richie from Out for Justice? That's, fi- that's fine. Yeah. Somewhere in there. I'd put right him in there. Yeah. I, I just, they, they to me didn't leave a, a impression at, at all because the budget for the film was so big that sure. the special effects left the impression to me. So, so that's we've got absolutely them sort fine. of fringe bottom 10, and they're just behind Chong yep. Lee from Bloodsport. So right yep. in that. Right yep. in that I think that's, that's fair. fair. Chong Lee. That's fair. All right. Our 1 through 10 rating system here. The only two perfect 10s we have agreed on are Die Hard and Halloween. We've got Taken, John Wick, Commando, and Beverly Hills Cop all at a 9 or above. At the bottom of the list... Shoot 'em up, Bloodsport, Mad Max 2, and Wanted are all below a four. Rambo 3 and Indiana Jones Temple of Doom are all below a five. And then a bunch in the middle. Mm-hmm. Judd, what's your one through ten score here for True Lies? So the film was way too long mm-hmm. and and it lacked uh believability to the point where it actually almost bugged me, okay? That's the bad part. The good part is I didn't get mad about its length because it was just so funny to see how, how they continued to keep trying to write <laughs> and blow things up. Yep. And I also, it it did not disappoint on on Harry's character one bit. Like yeah. Arnold was Arnold. And that's the most important thing to me. So I'm going. Well, before you give a score, yeah. I have a question. So let's say, so this movie was two hours and 20 minutes. It had like two or three false endings, yep. right? Yeah, they just didn't care if it was If they came back to you and said, all right, we got to come up with another false ending. So now the now the daughter has been kidnapped and saved and he killed the terrorists. Yep. And we need another 20 minute, some sort of like a spinoff. We're, we're going to three, we're going for three hours What's here, baby. The, is the next, is the next one that Tom Arnold has been a terrorist all along? And now he has to track that guy down? Or is it that Simon is actually not incompetent and he's the one that's That'd been be running the too. terrorist ring all along? Or or you need the, Simon's help. the daughter joins the family business now and she joins in to fight with okay. Harry and Herma. I don't know. But anyway, so trying to put all of the equation together and come out with the score because Arnold is allowed to be himself, I'm going to... Give it a very solid seven. Okay. So there's a lot of flaws here, but my biggest thing was, Dex, it should have driven me crazy that the film didn't end, and I actually found it at some point in time just to be funny that they were like, no, we can't end it yet because we got to do this. We got to do yeah, that. So a, a very solid, I think, seven. All right, okay. Declan. So I was, I, I'll be honest. After finishing this movie, I was pretty down on it. I, I did not enjoy most of this movie when I, I was just so long. It was messy. I originally had three, and I think that okay. is now. But That's after right. talking, but I know after talking this out with you guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it up to a six. Oh, I'm whoa. gonna double it to a six. Oh, you're really because a six out of ten is still not a really good movie. Like I was really down on this, but it also I think it fits into the cheesy actionness. There is some great Arnold Schwarzenegger lines. Tom Arnold makes the film for me, so I enjoyed that part. There you go. So I, I will say a six out of ten. Now I'm, I'm going to rescind my original three ranking, my initial ranking. Sure. I'm going to go with a six. So I, I'm going to stick with my. I had eight written down. I'm sticking with an eight. This is just one of my favorite cheesy action movies. It doesn't try to be anything other than cheesy. It knows what it is, and um, and I, I just like Arnold is full Arnold in this movie. You've got some great funny side characters. 
probably didn't need like five false finishes to this movie, but I'm giving it an eight. And uh, and that gives it a seven average score between the three of us, which puts it uh, right around a little bit below average. So it's it's below Die Hard 2. It's below Lethal Weapon. It's below Casino Royale, Karate Kid. It's tied with Speed and just ahead of Con Air and Out for Justice. That's right in there. I feel like Con Air needs to be way higher, and I don't know why we gave that a six, but here we are. Probably had some flaws. I guess. All right, we get to our uh, final stage here, which is picking next week's action movie. We go, uh, all three of us pick one, and then we have a listener submission for one, and we put it up for vote on my Twitter account, at Phil Mackey, for next week's. The listener submission for this week is Once Upon a Time in Mexico from Rick. Oh, all right, dude. I'm kind of Antonio that. Banderas and Johnny Depp. Once dude, Upon a It's just um, shooting things in Mexico. It's uh, Tarantino, right? No, Robert Rodriguez. Okay, I thought it was a Tarantino. Let me guess. Okay. It's about drugs. Yes. A lot of drugs are involved in this movie. A lot moment. of drugs are involved. I never would have guessed. Yep. Uh, Judd Zolgat, are you going to put Under Siege up? Again? You know what? You know what? I am I am going uh, uh, to call a different play at the line of scrimmage wow. this week, and I am going to put Tango and Cash. Oh. Tango and Cash okay. up for almost, consideration. I saw this and thought about it, too. Bill Stallone. Yeah. Kurt Russell. Let's get back to Sly. Okay. okay. It's been a while for Sly. All right, Declan? All right, I'm going with goofy action here. Uh, back on brand a little bit. I'm going with Snakes on a Plane with Samuel oh L. Jackson. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, oh, my I, God. Judd, have you seen Snakes on a Plane? Uh, you know, I've seen parts on cable, but okay. I've never I've never watched a close. Snakes on a Plane. Okay. Wow, dude. I love it. All right. I feel like Snakes on a plane. I, the movie I'm going to pick, I definitely want to win at some point. I don't think it's going to beat. I, I, You've been I, struggling this, lately, Matt. This is going to be another close. And we've had back-to-back just ridiculously close yeah. results. So, but but I want to throw there. There's a major one of the biggest blockbuster action stars ever. We haven't even nominated, and we've worth 35 into this. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. San Andreas yes. is my nomination. Yes. San Andreas is when the big one finally hits California. Yeah, dude. And I remember it's up this to movie. The Rock I'm not seeing it. Save the world, or something like oh, that. Dude. <laughs> It's, a, it's an earthquake that you're going to feel in New York City okay. and Los Angeles, this is gonna and be, it's The Rock. This is a hotly contested. Lo- oh, dude. Hotly I contested. love San Andreas. <laughs> so, all right. Once Upon a Time in Mexico, San Andreas, Tango What's and our Cass, time of films here? Um, What's our time of films? Let's so, see here. My, mine is like an hour and something. Once Upon a Time is 143. So, uh, actually, that's I thought that was longer, but it's not. Okay. So that's actually pretty enjoyable. San Andreas is 150. Oh, see? That's perfect. And Snakes on a Plane, I believe, is also like 140, 130. Okay, see? So They're all is, kind of in that wheelhouse. We're back, we're back we're, in our we're, time. We're zone. pulling it back. <laughs> yeah. We're pulling it back after our two-hour, 20-minute experience. So, all 